movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. And third year too. Proudly brought to you by GWW Radio. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, this is a special podcast, special special trailer talk podcast. We're going to do a rundown of the Civil War trailer and the Batman v Superman trailer that just hit this week. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's just kick things off here. Uh, I'm your host, PCP. Alongside with me is Mr. I'm Salzy. Yeah, that's me. Hello. <laughs> Speaking from uh, Staticky Earth uh, 10. Dude, I, I, I think I think it's bad reception, guys. Yeah, I think it's so bad that uh, he can't even hear hear what I'm saying. Let's hope he's still there. Uh, and from from the Flash podcast, we have Miss Amy Marie. What's up, Amy? Hey, I'm and... working on on uncorrecting the uh, interdimensional rifts that are keeping Matt from us. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cisco could take care of that, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> Cisco and stuff together fix it all <laughs> and uh the host of the flash podcast mr andy b what's up andy cisco fixes everything that's what that's what we kind of established in the last episode was on like he you know he takes care of everything you know like whatever but uh no how's it going uh it's good it's good um like i said uh, this is a special trailer talk podcast where our, our main show scene and nerd was off for a week and then during that week we got the civil war trailer and so with the batman v superman trailer I thought it'd be a good idea to do just do one podcast uh, focused on those two trailers. It'd be a lot of fun. There's a lot of talk about, you know, the Batman vs. Superman trailer was the... I'm assuming this is the third and final trailer for the movie. Um, now they could drop... They probably will drop promos here and there on TV as the movie. Uh, gets... One more, I think one more is coming. Really, then I one think... more? I think so too. I is feel it... like we've yeah. got two trailers, but this is the first main trailer we've had. I feel like. Yeah. Well, what, yeah, well, maybe think... this is the second main trailer. Second, I would say second main trailer. Okay, that makes sense. I'm, maybe I'm yeah. getting confused with the teaser, which because it was there, there's been the teaser, then there was a Comic Con trailer, and now there's been this trailer. Oh, I think that's a good point. One... I think there will be one more, and then there will, there will be they will be done. Like I think uh, because Mars is not that far; it's only three, three months away. So I think there will be one. I think in February, mid February, you will have the final trailer, and then you will be seeing tons of TV spots. Oh yeah, tons, tons of TV spots. Uh, whereas we got the first, we finally got the first Civil War trailer, um, and it's it's it gave us a lot with while still leaving us uh, with a lot of questions, which is definitely good to do on the first trailer because we want to we we want to wonder we want uh, to question what's going to happen and, and what we're looking forward to so with that said let's get into the civil war trailer um let's start off amy um what were your initial thoughts on uh on the story being revolved around bucky See, that's what really excited me. I didn't know how we were going to come into it. And I'm full disclosure, I don't have a whole lot of experience on the source material for Civil War. I'm I'm debating whether I, I want to read the comics or whether I just want to enjoy the film as it comes out without any sort of expectations and then read the comics. I know the general premise, but I think what I'm going to do is wait until the film comes out 
and then read the comics afterwards. That way you don't go into the film being, you know, like the book reader who goes in to watch a movie based off the book going, hey, wish they didn't do that correctly. And that's totally wrong. And, oh, I saw that coming because I read about it in the book. So I kind of I, I think I'm going to go in having no having not read the comics. So for me, not knowing about the, the story a whole lot besides the Iron Man versus Captain America deal, the fact that it revolves around Bucky fascinates me i think that's great and i think it's highly emotional and i think it's perfect for the fact that this isn't an avengers film it is captain america's film this is captain america's civil war the idea is going to be revolving around cap and his relationship with bucky and and beyond that i loved the fact that we're looking at a captain america who is raised and trained to be the soldier he is the man who follows orders and suddenly he's not taking orders anymore pitted against the guy who doesn't follow the rules at all suddenly defending authority and defending the 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 rules in general and so i think it's it's wonderful that we're seeing a complete not complete but a, a, a you know a pretty drastic reversal in the opinions of captain america and iron man and i think iron man's all stems from everything that happened in ultron he tried to to make something beyond what man should be able to do. He tried to create something that, and saw something come to life that he created that completely destroyed any sort of preconception he had about what man was supposed to be able to do and how far man is able to go. And I love that we're, I feel like we're finally, I, I feel like I finally understand what Ultron was about. <laughs> like I finally get how it set up Iron Man's position in Civil War. That's a good point. That's a very good point. It it really adds to a, d a, d a dynamic that we did kind of see building up in Avengers and, and Age of Ultron between Tony and Steve, where there was this tension between them, even though they fought on the same side. Uh, Matt, you know, I know you've you correct me if you're wrong. You've read the original Civil War comic, right? Yeah, I uh, definitely read it. Yeah. Okay, so putting that aside. If you're walking into this movie as just a fan of the movies, of the MCU, what do you think of, uh, it, as it appears to be, uh, Iron Man as the villain? Um, I guess it's it's similar. Oh, let me say, put that aside. Um, I, I'm a little worried that I feel too bad. Like, I feel too much, like, sadness and empathy for Tony Stark, but... I mean, that's kind of what's fun about this movie. It's going to be like, whose side are you kind of on? Or there's, you can see from both sides because we both love these characters so much. Um, I kind of like, and I was like saying it, like, I can't wait until the whole world hates Tony Stark again because <laughs> I come from that background of, of reading up like all the lead up to Civil War and this and like that. But, um, but I think he's cherished too much by, um, the MCU audience that, uh, no one's going to turn on him. There's going to be like, are you team Cap or are you team Stark? You know, it's like going into the movie, it's like um, a new thing for people to, you know, um, kind of like discuss. It's like, why do you side from this person, this and that? So um, I don't really think he's going to be the villain. I think yeah, villain's a guys, you know? strong word. Well, I mean, I guess because in the, in the movie, it's not 
it is a Captain America movie. It, it, it is. Yeah, so it's kind of like the villain, yeah. So he's the antagonist. I, I guess you get, okay. yeah, I yeah. guess the antagonist, yeah, that's... Because villain, villain suggests to me that, that that person is inherently wrong, and that, or at least us, the audience, believes that he's inherently wrong. But given everything that does happen in Ultron, and how far that Tony went, and how drastic that backfired upon him, I feel like he's totally justified in saying, we cannot become them. We cannot let ourselves become the villains. Um, and so I think he's completely justified in saying that. So I, I mean, I, I, I know that it's Cap's movie and I'm probably on Cap's side because Bucky, hello, how can you not be on his side when he's like trying to protect his childhood best friend? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's gut wrenching, but then again, so you have Cap working on the emotional side and Tony working on the reasonable, logical side, which is completely anti-Tony, but I love it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and it's 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 going to be very interesting to see how people, you know, perceive the their their uh, roles in the movie. Um, are you on Cap's side or are you on uh, 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 Iron Man's side? Uh, Andy, have you read the Civil War comics? Yeah, it, it uh, was. A, oh, well, no, I have a question about it. I want to ask you this. Um, but yes, yes, I'm just giving you this note. I have – it was a long time ago, so – I may not remember everything, so if you're going to ask me anything about the comic, I would skip it. Well, well, no, I will. Uh, okay, but you know the whole story, so yeah. you know that the story is different. That they're they're taking a different turn with the movie versus the comic, correct? Yeah, it's, because okay. you know in this in this universe they don't have. Well, technically they do have, but they they're not really acknowledging because TV versus film apparently right now um, they don't have secret identities as far as they see. So, um, well, I guess I guess what my question would be is, you know. Civil War in the comics is built up very differently versus it seems to be centered around uh, how Caps handled Avengers and how Buck and how Bucky's a target. Um, do you agree with how they're taking the approach on the on the film with Civil War? Do you like that it's it's, it's they're kind of keeping some of the aspects of Civil War but still creating something very different? Yeah, I think it's it's good because like the thing is you can some things that may work on a comic page may not necessarily trans, translate well to the big screen or the small screen. So I think it's good to kind of like they're taking some things from the book, but they're also doing their own take on it as well. And so on to kind of you know make sure that it blends in with what they've established now since 2008 because you know the universe has now been going on for almost eight years. So you know it's they kind of have to still make sure that it whatever they bring in still fits in what they established from the very beginning. So, um, um, so yeah, if that answers your question. No, no, that's fine. It's just, um, I, I find it interesting because when I saw the trailer, um, granted, I was like you, Andy, I, I read Civil War, but it was so long ago that I don't remember every single thing. <clears throat> but I do kind of had an, I do kind of have an idea of how the comic, how the story in the comic book went. And it, it didn't revolve around Bucky. But, um, I guess that was my question, so thank you for answering yeah. but that. But does it, does it maybe, and you don't have to get super specific since I'm the one who said I don't want super specifics, <laughs> um, does it maybe revolve around that that battle of authority that they have going on here? Who who should be in charge, especially given everything that happened with uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. being actually HYDRA? What, that... From what I remember, and, and Andy and Matt, you guys, are, you guys can chime in to correct me if I'm wrong here, but it had everything to do with with secret identities and 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 
And then also being... Oh, I think I read that. Yeah, being under the umbrella of the government and, and, and basically letting them be in charge. And that's where Tony and Cap came to came at odds. Um, and it's like you said, Amy, when you were talking about it earlier, it's talking about somebody who, like Tony, who wasn't, you know, he didn't conform to the rules, but suddenly he is all of a sudden, yeah, we need these regulations. Suddenly we need, we need to, uh, we need to draw a line for ourselves. Otherwise we cross that line. Like you said, we're no different than the bad guys. Um, and also something I kind of think that we learned pretty well from this trader is that, like you guys said, you know, that there's, I think there's a clear definition, you know, the difference between, between being a villain and an antagonist. I think because I think Tony, because of what he has seen and gone through for the past eight years now in the universe, I think he's just trying to find a way where, Less people can, you know, get hurt. Where you know he doesn't have to keep losing a lot of things and so on. Because I think Age of Ultron and the first Avengers movies kind of left him in a state of, well, well shit, I'm just fucking everything up all the time. Uh, so you know, like we're, you know, we're not, we could do better. So maybe we need to lend ourselves to the government and you know go with this act and all that. Exactly, which is the exact opposite of what's been going on with Cap. We see him as the soldier back in the uh, World War II era, and he's he's following the rules when he's breaking them. Let's admit he's breaking them for Bucky, so it's not like we didn't see this coming. But he he, he follows the rules, and then he goes with uh, in the Avengers, he's following the rules, but he slowly becomes disenchanted with the society, especially when he sees what Fury's doing at the beginning of Winter Soldier, and then with the reveal that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s actually Hydra. And so this entire time, and I applaud them, super props, for them building that up on both sides, where we've seen Cap going down from the soldier and Iron Man going up from the lone wolf to become the the rule follower and the rule enforcer, I guess. So I think it's brilliant. I didn't... I. Now that we think about it, I'm sitting there going, okay, this this is kind of good. I get it. I get it now, guys. And I think also something that I appreciate with this is the fact that, you know, look, I love what they've done with Cap in all these films and so on, that he is, you know, kind of, you know, he's very old school, you know, to his comic groups. He's very much of a Boy Scout and kind of like, you know, goody tushes and all that. But I kind of like that he is getting a little bit rebellious, you know, if if, if you know what I mean, because... No one is that damn perfect. I'm sorry. No one is. So I've kind of liked the fact that he's now, you know, he's learning that, you know, that you cannot live in this world without, you know, without, um, structure. Exactly. Exactly. By, by going behind, you know, walk, you know, dancing around the rules a little bit and so on. Because, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, you know, encouraging, you know, committing, you know, whatever acts and so on. But, you know, I think it's just a matter of the fact that, you know, sometimes, to do something good, we have to kind of walk around this line that we've kind of created for ourselves. And I think that's where we're seeing here and so on. And especially as we're getting now into, you know, because, you know, this is phase three. And I think definitely it's going to be the darkest phase of all these, you know, in the whole cinematic universe zone where some of, you know, some of the good, good guys will start to go a little rogue while some of the, you know, someone like Tony is going to start heading towards more of a mature, but, you know, at least they think mature Method and so on by by Campbell siding with you know General um what was the name of Will what's what's the name of that general that they're bringing out from Hulk uh, oh um oh what's his dang is it, it is it oh is it, uh, 
It's the general grievous. Ha 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 har har har. General Herc? No, that's his name in real life. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Um oh, oh, that's gonna, yeah. that is gonna bug me. Somebody No, I I'm I'm looking it up right now. Um <laughs> Okay, so while I, you're doing that, I have a quick question. Okay. Whose side is uh Black Widow on? Well, uh that's you know, that's interesting because in the in the trailer in the early parts of the trailer it seems as though they might be on different sides but i saw something um oh, you know what i want to say like cuz it's been i want to say it's been rumored that she's on cap side i want to say me too but in the trailer it seemed like she was on the other general side ross. yeah general ross general thank ross. you um no that's okay um no, you know, it does build up like that, Amy, and, and here's my thought on that. I think that they're building it up like she, at the beginning, maybe, is on not exactly Tony's side, but um, more on the side of making sure Steve's safe. Yeah. And then maybe she evolves to go to uh, Cap's side permanently. Because she's when they're showing the big, what looks like, is going to be the big battle, she's not anywhere to be seen. Yeah. So it could be that her character does take um, uh, Cap's side. Um, Matt, do you th do you think she would easily go to Cap's side, or do you think she would fall to uh, to Tony's side? And, and uh, yeah. I think she's going to, well, as of right now, it seems like she's kind of, like, on the fence. Um, she's just kind of, like, warning both sides that if you guys, like, keep going at each other, like, you know friends are going to become enemies and this and that. And she's like kind of there to warn everyone, but I don't think she's going to pick a side at the end of the day. She's going to be like standing on the sidelines and um, something big is going to happen. And she's like, wait guys, you can't you stop fighting because this is happening. And then there you go. But uh, I don't think she's going to pick a side. If anything, she would probably pick Cap's side just because of her, their history, mm -hmm. but I'm not too sure. But this point. kind of brings up another thing. Sorry, Pete, if you wanted to continue that, but I wanted to say, who do you guys, what do you guys think about Black Panther? Like, is whose side do you think he's on? That's a good well, question. probably, probably not, probably not Enemy Weekly side. Probably not what? Probably not uh, uh, on Entertainment Weekly's side. If you know, <laughs> why, why is, oh, geez. did you see the cover? <laughs> no. Oh, fuck, oh, that man. cover is that was terrible. Somebody link that to Wait, me right what? now. So no. on the okay. on the okay, Amy, cover. There's it's 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 for Civil War. It's got Tony and, and Steve there, you know, Cap and, and Iron Man, and then and the middle Black is Panther. Black Panther. But there's but a little the caption. caption that says "Meow." Uh, I didn't. I thought that was silly. Like, just, yeah. Oh my god! I'm looking and, at it. It's so, so dumb. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's the worst marketing ploy I've ever seen. Yeah, but it, see, in my it, head, I kind of read it like "meow." And it's just weird. Amy, Amy in my head. Does Pat? Does Pat? Does Pamper even meow? Does who? Never mind. Either do, way, do, I've, do I've... Panthers no. Um, they don't. They they have. Okay, if we're talking about this, first off, Panther technically is not a real cat. It's the family name for a certain species of cats. But if you see a panther, quote unquote, people refer to it like a panther, like in the Jungle Book, it's actually a black jaguar with black spots, and okay. they more like growl. 
either way, I oh, think it was it's wrong and horrible that you know the first African American superhero in you know in, in the MCU that it's not that you know I, I know War Machine is there, so but you know Black Panther is you know bigger is on a different <clears throat> scale. They make like a almost like a meme out out of that and so on for a cover, and I think that you know like I don't. I know that I think the author who's, who you know did that article you know that part in the magazine so has been attacked a lot. So I don't blame him. I blame the, you know the <clears throat> editing team for thinking that that you know I think it, it felt like you know one of those. Uh, I was talking to someone on Twitter and they kind of made a good point. It kind of felt like one of those four four a.m. jokes. Where it's like you know, dude, this will be totally hilarious. And then they put it on there and so on. I saw someone making an awesome edit on it where like they put, they took out the meow and put in roar. You know, in you know giant letters. I'm like that's that's how you do it uh so um so shame on you anime weekly uh but uh I, to go back to the question I, I i think he might actually be on he's gonna start he's gonna shift he's gonna switch sides in the middle of uh the war well then if, if he's so someone, switch sides someone to... introduced me more to black panther i don't have a low, whole lot of source material on his i don't know a whole lot about him well he's from t'challa um no wait wakanda um, which is you know that the, the place they went to uh, in Age of Ultron, where you know where all and, um, the metal vibranium comes from, and um, I don't know much about him either. So, uh, boys, like, do you have any? Like... <laughs> he's um, he's like uh, oh, I don't know how they're going to present him in this iteration, but essentially he's like the leader of like of a certain tribe that has like mystical powers. Or oh, the leader has the mystical powers, and then um, but he, they've been kind of like. You know, um, they don't want to like interact with the rest of the world. Um, but then for some reason he was pulled out of the shadows, you know, for this event. Um, so I was looking at it as he's just kind of also on the sidelines and assessing the two sides. But I think he'll be leaning towards, uh, uh, Tony's side just because he wants a level of, um, like, like a, he wants like a foundation for his, um, instability for his, like, uh, his uh, his nation to kind of like join into, you know, he doesn't really want to side with like rebels, I guess. But I, I could be wrong. I don't really know too much about him either. I just kind of know his general backstory. But um, yeah, well, well, I don't know. What do you guys if think? there does end up being kind of that battle between secret identities, revealing or not revealing, um, then I would suspect maybe he would be on the side of keeping his identity a secret. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And I think about that. Well, what's interesting though is they're saying that um, you know. Before this was before they Marvel made the deal with Sony, <clears throat> the the idea was that Black Panther would fill the role that uh, Spider Man had in the comic books. And <clears throat> if you're not familiar with the comic books, this is just the comic book uh, little little tidbit from there. It's uh, it was the biggest reveal ever. Spider Man revealed himself, and and the whole world found out it was Peter Parker the whole time. So the idea. At least, or at least, I should say, the rumor is that Black Panther is what is is who uh, fills that spot in the movie. Now, that's not confirmed; it's just a rumor. But I can see both sides. I can see him seen as he's a brand new character into the MCU, um, wanting to maintain his identity. But also, if they do go the route of having Black Panther fill the Spider-Man void, at least in just this. Uh, and just this aspect of the story, um, then he would reveal himself. So he would be on the side of of, of Tony. Um, uh, Matt, what do you think of that idea? Do you think that flows? What do you think? Both ideas were 
have like a, a say there or what do you think? Um, I'll be honest with you, Pete. I was tweeting when you were talking, and I didn't get that. I'm so sorry. I am the worst uh, co-host yeah, ever. Too. I was tweeting that... at the same time, so I didn't get that either. So I don't even <laughs> okay. build well, on Andy, <laughs> Andy, did you hear me? Yeah. Okay. What but I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not answering because I want Matt to kind of take take his fucking responsibility and answer your question. <laughs> both ideas seem interesting, <laughs> and both have valid points, Pete. Next question. <laughs> what what, what fortune cookie did you get that from? Huh? Jesus hey man, that's from the top. No, don't hate mad me. Listen, if I get a fortune cookie that says you will soon have to choose a side, I'm going to like laminate it and put it on Twitter <laughs> as my background because it, that, that it will happen in 2016. Pete, you said it before we recorded. 2016 is the year of having to choose sides. It really is. It really is. And, and you know, we'll talk about Superman and Batman a little bit. But, I mean, they're, they're already got, you know, this, you know, I mean, I feel like they've been wanting to, to choose a side with Tony and Cap for a while now. And, and now it's getting to the point where, where you have to, almost you have to choose a side. And uh, and even, you know, Andy, when before we started recording, you mentioned X-Men, how they're kind of doing something similar as well. So, yeah, it really next year's theme is choose a side, and it's 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 very interesting, very interesting for comic book movies to do. Um, and wait till it gets to the TV shows when we had to start, like when we really had to start choosing between Green Arrow and the Flash or whatever and so on, or <laughs> or worse, it will be the shipping that takes over and so on. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I I will I will I, I will be running out of the country like when that happens. I'm like <laughs> I'm like the hell I'm watching this. All right, so uh, so final thoughts on Civil War, um, Andy. I'll start with you. Uh, what do you? I, I have a question. I have two questions for you. What did you think of overall thoughts on the trailer? And can you predict if anyone were to die in this movie, who do you think it would be? Um, as an to answer your first question, um, I was very glad you know overall with the trailer and so I think it gives you a good idea of what it's going to be without giving away too much. And I um. I I, I kind of got into the mode where I was like, I'm so shipping Bucky and, and Steve. Shut the hell up, everyone. Like, I, I'm so shipping him. Like, sorry, Piggy and, and Steve fans. Like, I was like, no, I'm all for, um, for these two now. Um, and so I know, but I love that it was – it, it feels like there are going to be some major stakes in this. Uh, and I feel like that in terms of who's going to die – if you had to pick one person that was gonna die that you think might die, who do you think it would be? You know, I've seen some speculation that the War Machine is maybe the one that will take a bite, um, and mostly because of that shot in the trailer, which I'm like, doesn't necessarily have to be just because of that. But I'm like, honestly, like they haven't, you know, he's not really needed in the in the in these films and so on. Like he, I think. Also because I, I prefer Terrence Howard over um, Don Sheeta. Like I'm, I don't think he has to, the 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 time comedic beating the beat that um, Terrence did. Um, but of course, you know, look, I, you know, that's not the reason. That's not that should not be a reason why he should get killed off. Um, but I think he might get killed off. You know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe maybe Black Widow. Like, I, I could honestly see that be something. Uh, see? Uh, 
because and I know a, that, that will piss off a lot of fans. So I know I know also a lot of female viewers will probably be pissed off as well because there is a huge lack of female superheroes right now. You know, you know, we know Captain Marvel is coming. We know that you know, and there's plenty of female superheroes on TV. You know, with uh, Daisy, uh, you know, Quake, uh, the Cavalry, Mockingbird, and so on. But you know, sadly, the, the TV shows are not being brought in right now even though they're in the same universe uh but i you know like if they really wanted to like shock everyone um because chris evans has already given away that he and iron man you know that he and robin and jr are doing infinity war um and uh so they're, survi- they're surviving probably this movie and um but blackwood i would not i could see her maybe be someone that would freak everyone out and surprise oh. everyone so in terms of dying um I feel like maybe even Hawkeye, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't, it, it's tricky because it has to be, you know, in, when you have something called Civil War, it needs to be kind of a big deal of who gets killed off. Um, yeah, it's true. That's very true. But, but, you know, but Hawkeye and, and back when they had their huge fan following, they're just as beloved as Captain America and, and Iron Man. So you know, it's not impossible that, she, that one of those could get killed off. Um but I guess we will have just have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, Amy. See, I totally i i agree with the theory that it might be Natasha because oh we've been God. talking about so much agreement this week, Amy. I'm so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but see, we, we we we've been talking about even looking at the trailer. We don't know what side Natasha's on. Maybe she's on the side of everybody. Let's just freaking get along, and she's doing her best to stave off the war, and she ends up being caught in, literally in the crosshairs. Because that would be so tragic to both Tony and Cap if Natasha is the one person who was trying to get both of them to reconcile and ends up being the person who suffers the most as a result. And so I, I could Kinda either Coulson see... Kind of Brings them together again in the end. Like she, her death could cause exactly. them to come She'd together. She'd be the Coulson. But I, I wonder, but he, that, Andy, you brought up the good point. If they killed her off, the fans would riot. So do you, quote, unquote, kill her off, and then she ends up in another universe with her own movie on Asgard or something? Or do you kill someone close to Natasha and you see her lose the control that she has gained over the past few years away from the Black Widow program, because that would be an interesting way to set up her story is if someone who's important to Nat dies and she blames both of them Hmm. and she kind of loses that humanity that she's been struggling to to find since leaving the black widow program that would be a great way to set up a story based on her that that is i like that although you know what though i as much as the fans would riot i like your first idea better um i think emotionally it would just that would be gut-wrenching for not only uh tony and steve but for the fans and have it be something so incredibly simple have it be, you know, remember mm-hmm. how uh, in in an X Men First Class, mm-hmm. it's just a stray bullet that yeah. permanently paralyzes Xavier. Mm-hmm. Have it be something so incredibly simple. They're fighting, 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 fighting. Stray bullet, something hits her square in the head, square in the chest. She's gone within seconds, and have the entire battle just rage around them. But have Tony and Cap just looking at her and realizing what they've done. 
having it be like so tragically simple and quick would be so devastating and make it completely uh un undeniable like this sounds so terrible shoot her in the head mm -hmm. because then it's completely it sticks. It's, it's yeah exactly there's no getting around that you mm -hmm. there's no tahiti for brain injuries yeah. there's no off-screen deaths you see it yes. it's done um, and then uh and then Dr. Banner comes back. He's like, hey, guys, I've been chilling in India. What's going on? <laughs> oh, my God. What Dude, the fuck? And then he, like, freaks out. <laughs> that would be crazy. He murders everyone, and they reboot his a movie franchise. Everyone wins. Yay. <laughs> well, that's the problem with the MCU is that you can't reboot one franchise without having without rebooting the other ones. You know, because they're <laughs> if yeah. um, that, that's one of the issues they kind of have with them so that's why they kind of have to keep going and going but you know what then the fans would get so pissed that she was just used as emotional center yada 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 but you know what people get so upset about that but that's what movies are that's what mm -hmm. stories like this are they are based around one person or multiple people having an emotionally tragic scenario if there wasn't tragedy involved we wouldn't have the stories that we have today every one of the stories we see is based off of tragedy in some, one way or another, all the great epics, all the great stories mm -hmm. are based off of a struggle or a main tragedy or a main, uh, you know, something traumatic that happened. It's all based on emotion and people get so upset about a person only being used <clears throat> as emotional trauma for a character and for them to have their character development. I'm like, yeah, well, if they were all happy all day, every day, the show would get a little bit boring. The movie would get a little bit boring. Sure, we want to see that. But that doesn't make a good story. Yeah, a good yeah. story comes from what happens and the way that the characters grow after traumas. Yeah, you need the emotional – you need emotional moments like that. And, and that's – it's it's just – it's not us saying, you know, we don't like Natasha. We love Natasha. We love Black Widow. It's pushing the oh, story yeah. forward and, and driving it with an emotional force that's going to hit everybody. The characters in the movie, the people watching the movie, and – it's stuff like that gets lost because fans riot and go crazy when characters die. And they take it personal. And yeah, I get, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I totally get that. But it gets frustrating when we, when we only ever hear people getting upset that a certain character was only used for a certain purpose. Like Arrow, Sarah Lance. Yeah, I was pissed as hell when they killed her. But I understand the story that evolved as a result. And now she's back. So, you know, whatever. But... I, I can get that. I get people who got really upset that she was just killed off as emotional to create emotional baggage for Oliver. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, she was because it created a story that evolved over an entire season and is still evolving, and well, that's can, brilliant storytelling. Can I just chime in with one thing? Just you know, but I, I agree with that. Although I was, you know, I think her death was always supposed, you know, and we, you know, I think it was obvious she was always supposed to die, and I think, you know, but her death was, you know, more to do with you know for how it's set up laurel and so on, as you know the canary dies and the black canary is born so yeah uh, so her story was always going to happen but you know you guys get the general point of what i'm trying oh, to say yeah, most definitely. Yeah, 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 of course um, I, mean, I, I was just like you know making sure that you know people <clears throat> understood oh i was surprised she lasted until season three i i, I was just shocked how early they <clears throat> killed her off in that season but civil war um <laughs> no uh, Matt... here's the thing Every, anyone can die i think that's the thing like even you know it's as beloved as any character is anyone can die i think you know that's the thing you know like they will take you know like for example you know it's kind of good that this trailer is coming coming out so you know kind of close to you know the finale the minutes finale of error for example you know there's some speaking in place they might get killed off and so and you know what 
people say, oh, it's never going to happen. She's the beloved character on the show. Well, that's kind of a curse in itself, in a way. As you can be a beloved character in a film or a TV show, but you could still get killed off. So, even though I don't think they should kill off Natasha, mostly because there is such a huge lack of female characters right now in the MCU, I could see it happen. And yes, fans will riot, but that will be. You know, but that's what they want to do. They want to have an emotional impact on you as a as a moviegoer or as a TV viewer, for example. That you know you you they take something away that you really love. And not out of cruelty, but you know, that's to tell the, tell the best stories. Matt, uh, finish off the Civil War talk. Um, man, I'm just still he really was, he was ideas. <laughs> no, not tweet. Well, I was, but no, I'm afraid that. Um, just some notes I did on the trailer, just some missed opportunities for more jokes. Um, there was a line where it was like, some people prefer the word vigilante. I was like, ready for him to say, some people prefer the word arrow. I mean, daredevil. I mean, vigilante. Uh, like, some people prefer the, the, the word green. Yeah, exactly. Um, did anyone else at first think Black Panther looked like Cobra Commander? I did. Um, and, How about that um, like, fight sequence between Bucky with, with Buck and Cap against Iron Man? Like, total yes. down. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, what, what was so powerful about that uh, scene was they never cut away from any of the hits that was on Iron Man. That's why it was so powerful. If you think about action sequences, they always do the wind-up, they cut away, and, and then um, after, it's like the after effect, you know, the big punch afterwards. But they never show the actual hit. What's so cool about that scene is they actually kept the hit in in one long take, so that's why it feels like he's really getting his ass kicked. Because, uh, yeah, and the shield toss was pretty dope. Um, and yeah, I think, um, it's pretty good that they didn't show any Spider-Man in this trailer. Um, I would, I would crack up if he shows up at the very end and then like someone just like shoots him in the head and then that's <laughs> just a big fuck you, oh. Sony, take him back. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. <clears throat> um, and also, uh, if you follow Matt on Twitter at I'm Salzy, on his pinned tweet, if you're uh, if if you've ever watched the Chappelle Show, they did a nice little mashup of a of a Chappelle Show skit with Bucky and and uh, Black Panther, which is hilarious, and you need to watch it because it's just so dead on how they how they uh, how they somehow matched it together. It's it's hilarious. I'll just say that. Go to his Twitter and check it out. <clears throat> um, all right, so let's move on to uh, the trailer that did drop this past week, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, and uh this was pretty uh pretty crazy and a lot of lot of different ra- reactions if there there is probably not another franchise or series that is more scrutinized than what DC's doing with all their characters because it seems like people either love what they're doing or just completely hate what they're doing and I don't get the hate but I'm not going to get crazy and do it cuz Matt's seen me when I get pissed off about the haters so um, he can vouch for how crazy I get. Uh, Amy, tell us what you thought about Batman v Superman. I was, I'm really stoked for this. I think it looks gorgeous. I mean, that's, that's one of the first things that I noticed in the trailer was the quality of the cinematography and those, those fight sequences in the second half of the, of the trailer, the sweeping scenes and them fighting each other, bouncing off of buildings while things are exploding and they're flying in magic cars and they've got things that, that the room and it's just awesome. It looks gorgeous. But for me, what stands out is that I, 
I mean, I can get the general, from the trailer, you get the general plot line. Batman v. Superman. They're going against each other. And then Doomsday shows up. And they're like, oh, bro, we got to team up and defeat Doomsday. And then Wonder Woman shows up and they're like, whoa, this chick's awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, you get the general premise. But um, I I like that we're getting <laughs> we're getting a really kind of sassy smart ass Batman, which I kind of <laughs> like. I mean, he's totally, he's smart. I'm totally game with how Ben <clears throat> Affleck is playing Batman, which up to this point, we haven't really gotten a chance to see how he is personifying and how Zack Snyder is personifying Batman. So I'm glad that this trailer gave us that glimpse into the actual character of Bruce Wayne, as well as the, the Bat character itself. And then, uh, uh, oh, I had, I had something I was going to point out and I completely forgot. Uh, oh, Lex Luthor. I mean, I, I was really not on board with Jesse Eisenberg and he's not the type of Lex Luthor that we usually see. We usually see like a very cold and calculated and, and in control Lex Luthor. And now we get like kind of crazy, psychotic, Joker-ish Luthor. And I'm okay with that. It looks kind of cool. I think it looks entertaining. What about yeah, you guys? No, I, I agree. Did I, you? I, 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 okay, I know there's a, and there's still a lot of, of uh, skepticism around Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I think that in the trailer, one of the things that they're trying to do is I think they're setting up how Lex is perceived in public versus how he's perceived in his behind the doors life. And I say that because in the first trailer, when he's talking to Holly Hunter's character, and he's saying, you know, what's the biggest slide in America? There's this kind of this subtle creepiness to him that uh, that is very Lexish. Whereas when you see him in the very beginning, in the very few moments of this trailer, it is Jokerish. It is kind of Riddlerish. It is a little bit crazy. But I think that they're purposely doing that because I don't think that's truly how his character is. His character is crazy, but he's smart. And that's the thing about Lex. He's crazy and he's smart and he knows how to utilize both of those tools to advantage. I think Eisenberg's just playing up to it in terms of how he's letting people on the outside see him versus, uh, like I said, behind closed doors. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I think, like, this might be a vertical slice of some of his, like, um, like dialogue or his, you know, some of his lines from the movie. Because uh, I wasn't expecting that at all, um, like a Jokerish kind of thing. Uh, one of my favorite deliveries from him from the uh, the trailer was uh, that I think we're kind of getting that from that vibe from uh, craziness from is uh, the uh, not the red coats, the red capes are coming. Mm-hmm. Red I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> the red coats the red. are coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's where you're getting it from, right? Red coats, red capes. But yeah, yeah you know, it's, yeah, it's, the uh, red capes are coming. Yeah, like he was. I was not expecting him to deliver a line like that, like as like that. I was like, wow, that that one line alone got me on board with his version of Lex Luthor, and the way that he was like, you know, I guess pretending to use the Force to lift that giant uh, rock of kryptonite. So <laughs> he was like, oh, he's like really mesmerized by all these new like uh, supernatural, I guess, or sci-fi kind of elements and. And uh, I'm I'm interested to see the rest of his performance because it it could be something really unique, uh, and I'm excited for it. Um, Andy, what do you think? What are your thoughts on Eisenberg as Luther? Did you uh, and what did you think of him when he was first cast? Do you like where they're going with? The I was so 
I was surprised. I wasn't as butthurt as the rest of the internet because I know maturity. But I, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't see that at all. But, you know, I'm, I'm always up for something new. And, um, you know, I think that because people kept judging him just based on social network, I'm like, one movie should not be, define you as an actor of what, in terms of what you can do because I think he is, you know, a multi-layered actor that I think we will see tons of in the in the coming years and I think we already have. So I was kind of, you know, I'm open about this. I'm, I'm not going to be like, you know, I like him in Social Network and I think he can maybe bring something new to the role and seeing him in the first trailer where he's like, you know, when he's talking to Holly Hunter's character and all that, you know, they're giving us this idea that you know this you know they're playing it classic to the comics you know he has his dual personality you know in terms of who he is in the public and who he is you know on the inside so and I think seeing the trailer open up with him you know being so witty and like you know Clark and Bruce Wayne meeting each other and like whatever and I thought that, that was so awesome but then you know knowing that there is a vicious side to him there is a more violent side that we we're gonna see so. I was, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And, you know, I, you know, if the if the point of the trailer was to sell the idea of him being able to play two sides of this one one character, they nailed it. Uh, because I want to see more of it, and I'm, you know, I'm just wondering how he gets bold in his version. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing too is I feel like, like in all the trailers we've seen so far with him involved, we see him with hair, but people forget. I think it there was, was an last image. year, there was an image that Zack Snyder himself posted on yeah, social no, it, media with him bald. So, and it was this year, before, just before Comic-Con. Okay, yeah, it was this it, year, it, okay. But, uh, on, but this, on Anime Weekly, they posted it like, just before like we left for Comic-Con, and I remember, like, ooh, he's, that's a giant-ass head, but he looks good. <laughs> yeah, and I think people just, I think that's the kind of the problem, is people uh, have short-term memory. They forget that that image is there. We're going to get a bald Lex. But the idea is to build the story towards who Lex becomes. And I like that. I like that we're going to kind of get to see that as well as, you know, how Superman is perceived as an alien and or as somebody uh, that people look to as a savior. We're getting to see all that play out over a course of a couple of movies and beyond. Um, I, I, I have a question for Amy, by the way, quickly. Uh, Amy, did you, had you seen that image of Eisenberg as bald? Uh, I think so. I, I didn't recall it, but that's not something that... I, I have learned over the years to, for the most part, stop caring about how characters actually look on screen unless their look directly contributes to their character. For instance, the Aragon film. Terrible. We will not discuss the film except for the fact that literally the character who was supposed to be an elf did not have pointy ears. Like, there's a point where the looks start to make a difference, but for me, that's that's literally at the very, very bottom of my caring about um, about Lex was the the look. Why do you ask? No, 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 I just wanted to know if you had seen it, that's all. Like, I wasn't, like, trying to, like, psychoanalyze or anything. Like, I just want to, like, had you seen the image? But, uh, but okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> but that was, that was literally it. I just wanted to know, like, if you had seen it. Now, uh, moving on to, let's just jump towards the end here. Uh, we get the reveal of Doomsday. Now, it, it's been rumored since the movie came out, I feel like, that Doomsday was either a main character or he was somehow, like, the big bad that Lex was going to control. Well, we're finally all confirmed. It's Doomsday and Lex creates him. So, And where did and then, and by the way, 
Shameless, like, where did we hear uh, that that original report from? <laughs> from your boy at Heroic Hollywood. <laughs> from my boss at Heroic Hollywood. So <laughs> take a bow, DC fan. No, but like, I was, I was uh, when we saw when when that came to came to happen in the trailer. I was, you know, I was kind of like flabbergasted in a good way because. And like you know, and I, I will take, tell this you know to anyone who's listening who is like bashing the looks of Doomsday, just shut the fuck up and, and stop with the whole he, he looks like the turtles or like God like whatever compares you. Oh my God, doing, he does like, look like a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> well, well, well here's, here's the thing too, and I'm glad you brought that up because there was an article that came out I think today on Heroic Hollywood talking about the look and how this might not even be the final look of Doomsday. If if you know, I know. Not everyone has read the Death of Superman comic book, but the thing that I remember from the Death of spoiler Superman... Spoiler alert, he books, dies in that book, just well, so you yeah, know. spoiler alert. Um, uh, <laughs> well, at least as far as Doomsday goes, he starts off one way, and he looks completely different by the end of his battle with Superman. So the look we get here might not be the final look that we see Doomsday as. Um, and who knows the role of Doomsday and how he's going to get... How, how his battle with with the Trinity is gonna go, and 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 how his role is gonna go beyond this, Matt. What do you think of them introducing Doomsday? Are you for it? Or are you against it? What, what do you think? I think it's pretty exciting because he's like just hella hella strong, <laughs> um, and um, although I am not like I'm not mad about it. The only I'm not really complaining about his look. I'm just surprised. And uh, I hope your theory pans out, Pete, that he looks different towards the end of the movie because um, for Zack Snyder to play down a mutant creature that is supposed to have giant spikes and be super-duper aggressive, I'm very surprised that he didn't look just like that. Instead, he looks like a Ninja Turtle. Um, well, but again, like he, he he's such an exciting villain because he's just like so in control and he's so powerful and like and um, and, and like his whole backstory behind it. I'm I'm curious to see uh how um like what his motives are for the whole movie besides just like bash everything's face in so um i'm excited to see i was i was happy to see that he was in the movie i I was uh worried that he wasn't going to make it in yeah i i I think a lot sorry no i was gonna say i think a lot of people are worried I've, i've i've talked to a few people that are concerned they're like why is doomsday coming this is such a huge mistake and and I think there's more to it than, you know, obviously it's like Andy, it's like you said with Civil War. You can't translate every single panel from comic book onto film. And I think they're just doing it in a different way to introduce Doomsday. Uh, Doomsday and also, you know, maybe keep him around longer than what yeah. he is in the comic books. Because essentially it's just him and Superman duke it out, destroy almost all of Metropolis in the process. And then he's gone, and you know, uh, and and that's it. Maybe they want to add more depth to the character. And they're certainly doing it by having it come from Zod, um, right there, right off the bat. You're you're doing something completely different, which I like. I like that they're using Zod. Yeah, I appreciated that at the they're, most. I think, and they're and I think also something that is really awesome. There's two points I want to make. One is that. They're really t- make, you know, kind of like wrapping up Man of Steel, you know, with through this movie. So like, they're they're addressing this issue of can we trust Superman or not? You know, he almost destroyed our entire city, even though he was trying to save us. Like, you know, there's there is this kind of like a civil war going on between there as well. Like, you know, there is people against Superman and people for Superman, mm-hmm. and I and I think that. There's a, there's a possibility. Like I'm just speculating that what if this isn't 
the actual Doomsday? What if this is just like, you know, a tease of what an actual battle against Doomsday could be like? And then maybe down the line in a Superman sequel, maybe he shows up there. Or like you said, they will have him maybe locked away. Maybe they send him to the Phantom Zone, Phantom Zone and then he comes back in some later movie. Like, once again, I you know, I I just love the fact that, you know, People gush their, you know, like their asses up for for Civil War, but the moment DC tries to do anything, it just gets bashed. They just, you know, criticize them, uh, or you know, be like, oh, you know, it looks weak. Like they're just like, look like at Ninotrol. Like you know, well, you know what? I, I, I don't remember Ninotrol being able to shoot fucking laser throughout out their eyes, but uh, but sure, okay. Um, and if that looks like a turtle, then that's the most terrifying turtle <laughs> I've ever fucking seen. Uh, oh, go ahead, Naomi. Quick question: what What is Doomsday's motivation in the comics for going after Metropolis and Superman? He's just, he's he's, he's just, a born monster. Yeah, he has there, there's no motive. There's he's, no motivation. What the, sto- the whole storyline was? The writers were trying to find a way because Superman comics were selling really bad back in that that time. So they were trying to find a way of killing Superman, but in a believable way because he's almost indestructible. So they created this monster that is you know baked from component scientists that is just a, mo- a killing machine. There's mm-hmm. no motive at all. He's just there to kill the Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if Doomsday's arrival? in Superman versus Batman is directly tied to the arrival of Wonder Woman. What if she's the reason he comes? What if he's been chasing her? What if she's been chasing him? What if there's this huge long going battle between the two of them? Or maybe he's been antagonizing uh, her, her uh, race and everything. And what if he is the reason she shows up in the first place? Because that would be a great way to introduce her and bring in a super evil villain and finally bring together Batman and Superman. So it's Batman and Superman as opposed to Batman versus Superman. Well, we kind of got an answer to how he comes to be. Like, and they're using, I don't know how Lex is doing it, but Lex is essentially turning Zod and you know, using Zod's dead body and turning into Doomsday. So I don't think Doomsday is like. Wait, did, did you think that it, were you talking? Were you talking about Doomsday as being a separate character from Zod? Or yes, were you talking? I, I clearly missed that part. <laughs> okay, okay. mention that. It still could be possible that somehow Wonder Woman is is her her appearance is directly related to the appearance of Doomsday for reasons beyond my current comprehension. Because apparently, I don't quite know as much about what I was talking about. So moving on. Well, no, you know, here's the thing. I'm I'm sorry for spoiling that, Amy. If you missed it, I didn't mean to. No, no, it's it's fine. I just totally missed that. No, she could be. Maybe she's keeping tabs on Lex, and she knows what's going on. Um, you know, and actually now that you, you brought up Wonder Woman, um, this is, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to say. This is my, maybe my only complaint. No dialogue? No, I kind of, I kind of wish they held off on that reveal till the movie. Um, now granted, I'm probably still going to love it when I watch it, but when Doomsday fires at Superman and Batman (laughs) and she's in there with the shield... And, like, you know, her head rises with a shield and is like, oh, shit, that's Wonder Woman. She just kind of saved the day here. Like, I, I I would have loved to have seen that in the movie without seeing it in the trailer. Maybe it's just me, but I think I I, I would have loved to, for them to at least, if anything, save that for the movie. 
But you know, I think I, I think I know why they did that though, because one of the criticism that they've been getting for the past two years is that you know there's supposedly this rumor, and I don't I think it's complete bullshit. I don't think that's the case at all. But that Warner Brothers is like telling their creative teams for all these films that you know no jokes, no like no jokes at all. That there's they can it can only be dark and green and stuff like that. But I don't I I think this was a way to kind of show that you know yeah there is some humor in this. So you know don't you freak out. You know there will be some you know comedic beats and stuff. But I love the whole. She's she's with you, and Batman's like, and, ba- and Ben Affleck's like, what was she with you? And, yeah, I, like um, the, I like that his uh, Batman voice doesn't sound as throat cancery as. Uh, Where is the trigger? Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> Rachel. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I think they're using a voice. Mod- like, I think this Batman is going to use a voice model later in this uh, in this incarnation, and uh, um, Ben Affleck is Batman's. Good. This is. I'm excited about all of this, and I think something that was also pretty cool is that I don't know if this was. You know, there's been major speculations already that we may already have given a little hint to Justice League. There's and there's there's a lot of talks about there being dream sequences in this film mm-hmm. because there's one part where it looks like Batman is fighting parademons. That which you know are creatures from the the planet Apocalypse, and Amy, who lives at Apocalypse? I mean, I mean Pete. Sorry, oh, I, oh. I, 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 <laughs> I was like Zamy. Yeah, sorry, uh, Pete, who Dark lives side, on Dark that side. planet? Darkseid. Yeah, Darkseid. Yeah, who they're who they haven't confirmed as a villain yet, but you know it's gonna happen. If Thanos is happening in MCU, Darkseid is happening in DC. It's it's just gonna happen. It's just inevitable. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there is a lot of hint hinting towards um, dream sequences. Now, Matt, do you like the idea of the dream sequences, either setting up st- little stories in the movie and maybe even setting up future movies? Do you, do you like that they're setting that they're doing a lot of these dream sequences? Um, this kind of goes back to our discussion about like like leading up too much to something else, like just let, let it be its own, like not exist in a vacuum, obviously, but let it like present its own story without worrying about setting up another story. I, uh, that's just my preference though, but I think it'll still be fun to see those things like little hints here and there, but I just don't want it to detract from the main storyline. I don't know what the main storyline is yet. So, um, you know, that's that. But I think it'll still be fun to see those kinds of dream sequences, maybe like at the end of the credits or like towards the end where, you know, the main, you know, arc of the story arc of the movie is concluding. And then they add in that little spice at the end to give us, you know, excited for the next one. No, that's 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 all good points, Matt. Um, I have know, a question oh, to you guys, by the way. Um, something that a lot of people, you know, I get that people are upset that they reveal, you know, whether they're upset about Doomsday or not, like how he looks. I think everyone, most people are agreeing that the, they're upset with the fact that they revealed, they, that they revealed it and so they didn't save it as a surprise and so But you know what? I think this is pretty clever that they're actually giving us this now because now we get a little bit of time kind of processing that, you know, we're going to be getting and so on and that, like we said before in the podcast, that maybe he's going to look different when we see him, like, throughout the rest of the film um, so I think it was good it kind of gave us that reveal and yeah. um, and but the thing I wanted to ask you guys was do you agree with what a lot of the internet is saying right now that they feel that this trailer spoils a lot of things because I don't think they, I don't think it spoils a lot yeah, of things at all I was just going to ask that too I don't think so at all I think it shows just 
the right amount to get us excited for the movie. I'm really stoked about it because I know all these things. And you make a good point, Andy, where he was like, you know, they look completely different. What if, you know, we're, we're made doing all of our own theories and this and like that. I mean, like, and that's how you drum up hype for the movie because you're going to talk yeah. to your friends about well, it. You know, this we're going to make a podcast about it, you know. Yeah, well, this movie already has tons of hype either way. Like, you know, this movie is going to do better than Civil War. Like, you know, this would be honest. This is going to do, like, maybe beyond a billion dollars because people have been waiting for Batman and Superman together on the big screen for at least 25 years now. Uh, and so I think, you know, like, it's, you know, this is going to, you know, do well either way. And But I think that this... I believe in Zack Snyder and I believe in the creative team and I think they are give you know I haven't been you know and I'm, I'm not trying you know look I'm a DC and a Marvel guy and so I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm never going to be like you know well, this is better than this and so on like, I think they are both good for their own reasons but I think the bashing that Batman v Superman is getting is so like there's no justifying for it I think it's just hate for the sake of hate and that you know you know, yeah, they like think people that it, are already digging like a grave for this movie. I'm like, like the minute they saw Ben Affleck, and I'm like, guys, it's like, it's, give it a chance. It's not even out yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just a picture. And yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something controversial here. So, like, in terms of which trade did I enjoy most? I love them both, but Batman and Superman was slightly better because I've been more excited about seeing Batman and Superman together on the big screen together than seeing t- Tony Stark and then see Robert having. Uh, friendship issues. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I I like both trailers. Um, I, I I do agree with both you guys. I think it's getting a lot of negative publicity. Um, uh, I think it's getting a lot of negative publicity for the wrong reasons. Uh, and 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 really, it's a lot of people that did not like Man of Steel, and now they're taking it out on on Batman v Superman, which is really not fair. Um, and I just want to finish with. Uh, Oh, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't think we saw... I think we saw, like, just enough to get us hyped up for the movie, but I really think we did not see even close to what they're going to give us uh, in March. Uh, Amy, why don't you... Uh, let's just uh, finish up the discussion with... Uh, telling us... Uh, leaving us with some lasting thoughts on uh, Batman v Superman. Well, I think I think what you guys have said about um, possibly revealing too much is a valid point. Uh, or rather, you guys are saying it hasn't revealed too much, but... I sit down and at the very beginning, I told you guys how I feel like the trailer tells us the movie goes. They are, they meet, they don't get along, they have issues, they start fighting each other, Lex Luthor starts getting in the way, they team up to defeat the bad guy, yay, we're all friends. So, you know, that's kind of how we theorize the movie would go, but I, I do kind of wish that they would have held off the entire we're working together against Doomsday thing. Unless there ends up still being a bigger, a bigger moment after that, Mm -hmm. a bigger plot point. I feel like we know the general plot of the film. But at the same time, it's kind of what a trailer is supposed to be for. Star Wars trailer doesn't reveal that because we already know the world. The Captain America trailer, yeah, we kind of know what's happening. But again, we know the world. In this trailer... Batman v Superman is still building the DC movie world. They're building that universe that we don't know a whole lot about. So I think they're entitled to give us as much as they like to get us intrigued to go see the movie. Because it would have been frustrating if we were going in the movie going, oh, this is just going to be like two hours of big guys with muscles beating up against each other. Wonderful. 
But now we know that that there's more involved. So I think it's okay. I, I, I can see how people were frustrated. I can see how I can almost be a little bit annoyed that they gave us so much. But at the same time, I don't blame them because that's what I would have done if I was creating this trailer. Um, lasting impressions. So uh, we talked about this before recording. I did not realize, I somehow missed the memo, that Jeremy Irons was playing Alfred. Jeremy Irons is literally <laughs> one of my favorite character uh, actors ever and the fact that he's like when he started talking i was like oh my god and then pete's like yeah you know he's playing alfred right and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) so i'm really stoked about that i'm stoked about how gorgeous it looks i think it's an incredible trailer i'm super stoked for the film uh i don't know whose side i'm on same with civil war i'm just gonna go in and uh whichever side makes me i don't know cry the most in civil war that's the side i'm on and then in batman versus superman whoever um has the most goosebumps whoever has the coolest fighting style i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna make a decision i'm just gonna go in and be team switzerland the whole time <laughs> great what, uh, whatever what, what, i don't get what the Wait, I don't get the reference of Switzerland. Switzerland is notoriously uh, neutral. neutral. Like yeah. in all of the in all of the world wars, yeah, Switzerland they, was um, neutral. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go in and be like, I'm Team Gray. Just <laughs> no black, no white. I am Team Gray. I almost said Fifty Shades of Gray, and that was oh, not. Oh, I, 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 I would have left this show <laughs> if you had if that had been a reference to that. I would be like, no, Amy's yeah, uh, too good. Too, yeah, good. Um, uh, Andy, give but, us your final thoughts on uh, the trailer. I am. Um, I think it's very promising. I think, you know, like, Man of, I love Man of Steel. Uh, I know it had some issues, uh, and I think, you know, but it was also very good. And I think, you know, this movie is going to do a great job in setting up this ex- exciting cinematic universe for DC Comics. And, um, yeah, you know, we're getting Wonder Woman. You know, we, and like, there's still so much we haven't seen yet in this. So, you know, I think people need to chill. Um, there's a lot of reasons people need to chill for this movie because I say so. Uh, but I'm just, you know, I think, you know, it's a great cast and, you know, like the, you know, I think Zack Snyder, I think Zack Snyder has probably learned a little bit from, um, maybe some of the criticism that he got in, um, Batman, uh, I mean, in Batman Steel. So, um, no, I'm, it looks really good and I'm looking forward to see, you know, hopefully the next trade that we get is maybe, can maybe showcase a little bit more of Lois, maybe, maybe a little bit on Diana, and maybe, maybe a little bit more Clark Kent and the Daily Planet. Like, you know, maybe we don't need to get more of the action. You know, now we've seen plenty of Batman and Superman. Let's see more Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent and Lois Lane and, you know, Lex Luthor and you know Alfred and you know. Yeah, we might um, get some of that. So yeah, you're exactly. right. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think they do. I think they will focus on that more as we get to the movie. Uh, Matt. Uh, Gal Gadot looks awesome as Wonder Woman. I'm super stoked. I can't wait for her to kick some ass. She's like, whatever, bros. Like, I'm here to kick ass. And they're like, who is she with? Oh, that was so funny. Um, uh, Cavill, what can I say? I'm happy to see him on screen again. He's my boy. Uh, that, get in line. I saw him first. But uh, I've seen his butt first. Bit. I've seen his butt in. He comes in and like everyone's all touching the bottom. He's like, "Oh my god, it's Superman!" I'm like, "Yo, that's my boy. Back up, <laughs> two feet, two feet. I got you, bro." <laughs> um, other than that, um, I I really am like all this talk about Doomsday. I'm really excited to see how uh, he uh, pans out. So that's that's my last impression. Nice, nice. Yeah, I uh, I love the trailer. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um, it got me even more hyped up. So you know, talking to you guys and knowing that there probably is gonna be a third and final trailer. 
Um, I'm just, I'm so soaked and we're getting the movie in just a few months. It's, I can't believe we're just a few months out from this movie. Um, like I tweeted, I, I, I tweeted out or I said something somewhere in the social network. Most, a lot of people are excited about Star Wars. A lot of people are excited about Civil War. For me, it's, it's this, it's Batman v Superman. So, um, yeah. I am super soaked about this. So, so that is going to do it for our trailer talk. We're glad you could hang out with us for a little while. And, and I knew this was going to be a lot of fun. So I'm glad you guys, uh, Andy, Amy, Matt, thank you for all being here. And, and this was a lot of fun. So it sure. was, um, and you know, you can see, uh, let's see here. Do we have time for plugs, Amy? Uh, yeah, I, I gotta go real fast though. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore Marie 97. I am also a co-host on the Flash podcast, as well as the Assembly of Geeks podcast. If you guys get a chance and you're a huge Flash Arrow fan, I highly suggest listening to our phenomenal crossover episode on the Flash podcast. We discussed uh, the crossover episode. <laughs> um, and we had all four hosts on. It was incredible. Lauren and I got together, started talking about time travel, and it was basically the best thing ever. And last but not least, the Peggy Carter podcast returns in Woo! December with our exclusive interview with Haley Atwell. So nice. if you guys are Agent Carter fans and haven't had a chance to listen to the Peggy Carter podcast, it's totally Agent Carter writers approved. They love it. So if they love it, that means you'll love it, too. That's my new tagline for the podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. We are definitely um, looking forward to uh, that. I love being on. I miss you guys. We've got to do this more often, okay? Yes. We we missed. We, this was like old times. We've been doing this in a long time. So. This is old times. Yeah, old times. All right. And also, uh, public, public huge thank you to Matt and Pete, who helped me out uh, covering Heroes Villains Fan Fest. Uh, I have, uh, they were just phenomenal. You guys helped camera guy me, and that was fantastic. <laughs> and uh, seriously, <laughs> thank you. No problem, Amy. It was, it was fun. I know Matt had a good time helping you out, and I did as well. And and that that was just fun. I won't get into it, but that was just an amazing uh, convention experience uh, anyway. Um, all right, uh, real quickly, Andy, let everyone know they can find you at. Yeah, they can find me on um, on the Flash Pocket with Amy and Lauren and uh, and and Scott Murray. And um, on theflashpocket.com, on, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under the Flash Podcast. And you can find... Uh, uh, also, iTunes Stitcher Radio. Uh, we're part of the DCT Podcast Network, which is only growing every, you know, like whenever there's a new show announced, whatever. You know, we have six shows at the moment. And to um, and so DCPocket.com, you can also find. Uh, I also, I'm all, uh, I'm the founder and editor, editor in chief of the Marvel Report, uh, which, you know, covers a lot of Marvel things, obviously. Um, and uh, actually, you know, speaking of uh, that exclusive interview, parts of that is exclusive interview from Simply Geeks, uh, I mean, Peggy Hart's. Picard podcast uh, interview with Haley Owl is uh, has been posted on the from from Scott. So if you want to get a little tease of what she says in that interview, head over to themorrowreport.com and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're all under Demar Report. Um, let's see, what else can I plug for f- five more hours? Um, you can find me if you want to f- follow my work on TV Overmind or at Heroic Hollywood. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andy Rebacht. M B E H B A K H T, and uh, what else did I? What else do I do, Pete? You do a million things. <laughs> yeah, I do a million. Well, uh, well, you know, like like Amy and Laura, you know, I'm well. We I, I like to do multiple things, uh, but um, but yeah, that's what uh, that's what's up. Nice, nice. All right. Well, thanks, Andy. Um, Matt, uh, plug your stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter making a mess of 
podcast at I'm Salzy, I-M-S-A-L-Z-Y. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, you can find uh, me at Pacing Pete on Twitter. You can find us at Cena Nerd on Twitter. Find all our content over at the GWW.com, where you can find um, our other co-host, Sarah, Sarah Belmont. She does all her writing for TV over there. She will break down a ton of television for you, so go check that out. Um, all right, that is going to do it. Until next time, you have a DVR, use it. Do I say Facebook for this one, too? Sure, why not? Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> nice.